Tesla does not want to see somebody put together a bot army, and Tesla probably doesn't want to see the bots used for various other things. While many of us are excited about Tesla's future returns with its dominance in electric vehicles and energy, we're also wondering what might happen to Tesla's stock if their robo-taxi business or their Tesla bot business become reality. What if both become a reality? Up until now, other than ARK Invest, few have done the work to detail out the potential value of full self-driving software and autonomy. Our guest today will dive deep into one such model, a model he calls the CERN model for Tesla, a conceived estimate of robo-taxi network. The CERN model shows what-if values for Tesla's FSD and autonomy of $329 billion today and $9.4 trillion in 2035. He's also done the same thing to work out the potential value of Tesla's humanoid robot opportunity, calling it the Boundless Optimist Transformation at Scale, or BOTS model for Tesla. The BOTS model shows mind-blowing what-if values, as every bot produced could add about $300,000 to Tesla's market value. Don't believe him? Well, let's go through his assumptions and you input your own. CERN is a certified financial accountant who at one time managed a growth stock mutual fund. He was able to get that fund's performance to be ranked in the top 2% of all funds. He's been running his own investment advisory firm called Brilliant Advice for over 20 years, providing wealth management services. Welcome, CERN. Thank you for joining me today. Thank you for, thank you for having me on, Herbert. It's great to be here. ask you, you know, you, most people are very familiar with valuing Tesla based on the energy business and the electric vehicle business. And uh, some people think that bots and robotaxi are kind of way out in the future. What's your thought of how could it impact uh, Tesla's valuation? Well, that's the very thing that I wanted to explore. We've heard Elon talk about for years now about the potential for autonomy and also now the potential for humanoid robots. And he has always said that it's going to be an exciting future. And I wanted to explore that a little bit more deeply to find out for myself. Exactly. And one of the things that Elon has said, and I know you pointed this out, is that at one point he said the value of Tesla is primarily on the basis of autonomy. And he thinks that's going to be the main driver of our value. What do you think he meant when he said that? Well, I think he has talked very clearly about how electric vehicles with autonomy will be utilized far more than automobiles are today, uh, perhaps up to five times more. And so that is something that I wanted to model out and see what that might mean for Tesla at scale. And I think I've come up with some very interesting, interesting numbers. Um, yeah. I originally posted uh, this on X on July 24th. And since then, I've sharpened my pencil a little bit more, and my numbers now are, are actually quite a bit higher than my original post. Yeah. What I like about what you're doing is you've created this model, and you've made a bunch of assumptions. You need to make a bunch of assumptions in order to get here. And you're saying, here, here's the, 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 the model is what you're really showing. And let people, and we're, today, we're going to go through each assumption, and I might mm -hmm. have something different than you but I can plug it in. I might change it a little bit, but you've set up the model, which is what I like. So let's start off with this uh, tweet. Obviously, Elon saw what you were doing. I think you, when you tweeted out this model uh, for RoboTaxi, we'll go through that first. Um, James Dalma replied saying, this is fantastic. He really liked the way you set this up. Elon replied to him saying, you understand, but few do. And then you replied back to Elon as well. So tell me about what happened here. 
Yeah, it was a very uh, interesting experience. Um, I wasn't expecting Elon to reply to this to this tweet. He didn't reply to my tweet directly, but certainly what James had written. Yeah. And I think clearly um, this is something now that is coming closer and closer. Uh, certainly with Elon's uh, full self-driving demo on Friday, I think a lot of people now are, are more excited about the potential for this. So that, that the timing is right, I think, to examine this more closely. Absolutely. Okay, let's do it. Let's examine more closely. So uh, we're going to be able to show folks here real um, ex you know, spreadsheets that you've created. And for each one of these, let's walk me through the assumptions you made and just tell me the story of how this uh, business model will come together. Yeah, and I think I would just like to say at the outset that all my assumptions will probably be proven wrong. But the <laughs> important thing here is to... Um, build a model so that we can go through and test different assumptions and change them and see how things look. And so the, the first assumption that we want to make is look at the structure of revenue for Tesla. And for RoboTaxi, it's likely to be at least two different lines of revenue. One is the, the sale, uh, the subscription of the full self-driving software. And I'm assuming that instead of selling it, that they're just going to uh, offer it as a monthly subscription. And initially in this model, I've got a $200 price per month for the, for the FSD, uh, which is about where it is now. So on an annual basis, that's uh, $2,400 per vehicle per year. And then the next slice of the revenue opportunity is the, the amount that Tesla could receive based on the fares, the, the, the distance traveled times the number of vehicles. And so taking a look at that, I assume initially that each robotaxi would operate 20 hours per day, but only generate revenue about 28% of that time. And the reason I came up with that number is I was trying to essentially back into a nice round number of revenue miles per year of 60,000. Mm -hmm. And so if the car travels about 30 miles an hour on average and drives 167 miles per day, that's 5,000 miles a month and a magical 60,000 miles per year. That seems entirely reasonable to me. And if anything, it might be low. If the number of trips per day are 16, then that's an average of 10 miles per trip. Now, maybe the average number of trips is 32, and therefore the average miles per trip is five. That's certainly possible. Initially in this model, I ignored having a base fare. We'll explore that in, in a minute. But if we look at a fare cost per mile of 30 cents, and I think mm -hmm. ARK Invest in their model is about 25, so I was just being a little bit more uh, conservative here. I think initially it'll be quite a bit higher than that. But this is, this is looking at things at scale. And so each robotaxi only generates about $50 per day under these assumptions or $18,000 per year. And so the combination of that plus FSD is about $20,400 per vehicle per year for Tesla. Okay. And if we this go to is the very, next, very conservative. Yeah. Before we get there, just my reaction is I yeah. think this is quite conservative. I can see that you really, uh, you know, took took the number of hours per day. That the the part that's confusing me a little bit. Maybe I'm reading this wrong. This is what Tesla will get, but what? How much will the actual, um, you know, the owner of the car get? Like, what is this uh, breakdown of percentage of who gets what? Or is this 100% going to Tesla? 
Yeah, actually, we'll see that on the next screen, Herbert. Um, okay. And we'll explore also a little bit more in detail in terms of what fleet operators might, might, might be looking at. Um, so on this screen, actually, the top part appears to be cut off. Um, I assume that Tesla would share 70%. There it is. 70% of the uh, robo-taxi fare revenue, not, not the FSD part, but the fare okay. revenue okay. Uh, with the fleet operators. And a fleet operator could be an individual, I suppose, with one vehicle. Although fleet operation also implies more than just putting your car in a robo-taxi network. It's cleaning, it's maintaining. Um, there may be some software uh, uh, parts to it as well. Although I think Tesla will likely provide most of that part. Um, but anyway, I'm assuming that Tesla will, will share 70%. Um, so the payments to fleet operators are over $12,000. And I assume some other operating costs of about 1000 So the total cost of revenue of about thirteen six, And that brings their gross profit per robo-taxi down to about 6700 About a 33% gross margin per, per year. Car. <laughs> right. That's pretty and good. so this fix this fixation on gross margins today when they sell a vehicle uh, seems yeah. perhaps a bit misplaced in in this world. Yeah, think about that. Almost seven thousand dollars to Tesla per year for sharing <laughs> the car ownership with some other you know Tesla owner like me, and that you're still going to make seven thousand close to seven thousand a year ongoing. I mean, yeah, in four years you pay well paid for the cost of the car <laughs> and a good. That's car. right. Yeah. And so there's also a scenario, I think, where Tesla actually keeps a large number of vehicles yeah. in their own fleet, I think, to seed yeah. certain markets. So in that case, the profitability is even higher if they're not giving 70% to the, to the fleet operator. That fleet operator in that case is them. And then I just worked that through the rest of the financial statement to look at net income and it's you know $3,700 per, per vehicle. When I did the initial model, this number was 2400 per vehicle. So I've refined my numbers a little bit and it's quite a bit higher now. And again, I think these assumptions, as we'll see in a second, uh, are quite low. Um, and then I just wanted to take a look at what would the value of each robotaxi potentially be to Tesla if we use a valuation mul multiple of 30. So the 3,745 times 30, essentially a, a PE multiple, if, if you will, would mm -hmm. mean that each robotaxi to Tesla is worth $112,000 in market value. Now, this this isn't a discount cash flow model. It's not a present value of, of the cash flows. If this this number may not materialize for you know five or ten years from now, but at least it gives you some estimate of what it might look like uh, once robotaxis are out there operating. Can you explain and that a little bit? Because what you calculated here is per year, per robotaxi. And then when you did the valuation, you did a P of 30, but then you then said something about that it could be multiple years. So how did you do that? Well, correct. The net income per year on, under these set of assumptions is just under $4,000 per robotaxi. Right. But then I'm just trying to create um, an estimate for what that might mean for Tesla's market value if you mm -hmm. applied a PE multiple, so a price to earnings multiple. And that takes that annual income and turns it into a, a value that investors might, might see. Okay. Um, and then at the bottom of this is whatever assumption you would like to make about how large the fleet will be mm -hmm. at 1 million robo-taxis, the value 
potential value to Tesla is 112 billion. At wow. 10 million robotaxis, it's 1.1 trillion. And if there's ever 100 million robotaxis worldwide, <laughs> that might be an $11 trillion potential. Hey there, thank you for joining me. If you can, please consider supporting this channel so I can keep it going. It's a lot of work arranging all these amazing interviews. One of the easiest ways is just to click that join button and become a member of the channel. Thank you very much. Let's get brighter. What's your uh, guess right now? So like right now we have 4 million Teslas out there. I'm not sure how many of them are actually RoboTaxi ready. I would assume almost, I don't know, at least 80% of them. <clears throat> Let's say 3 million. And then from that, how many would actually turn on RoboTaxi? That's this year. And then by next year, we're going to already be at uh, you know, 6 million, 8 million, and then the following year, 10 million, right? So what do you, what yeah, do you think? With, well, with this model, I'm really trying to look out a little further than this year, next year, even maybe the next five years and look at yeah. this at scale. What, what does this business look like? If, if you could have yeah. predicted what Apple would look like many years after the introduction of the iPhone, yeah. that would have been helpful as an investor. And so I'm just trying to do that for Tesla and look at a little further. Obviously, it'll take a long time to get a fleet of 20 million, 30 million robotaxis. Yeah. But one day, one day. and okay. how might that look? But if, if, we, go to the, yeah. if we go to yeah. the next slide, you'll see actually that this set of assumptions doesn't work for the fleet operator. Actually, that's um, a couple Oops. of slides from now. This, this is, um, okay, yeah, if that's we go to that slide. So this is just a visual of, of what we just talked about. Um, the x-axis looks at the number of robotaxis in the fleet. And mm -hmm. so whatever assumption you'd like to make for the number, then the y-axis shows the potential market value for, for Tesla. Um, the following slide, Herbert, is looking mm -hmm. at things from the perspective of a fleet operator. So the amount that Tesla has to pay to the fleet operator becomes the income for the fleet operator, that's the 12,600. They have to pay FST subscription costs. Initially, I've modeled out $2,400 per year. They have to pay to charge the vehicle. And that's an annual charging cost of about $6,000. And then I included some other costs, cleaning, maintenance, et cetera. There may be some costs that they have to pay to for access to the RoboTaxi network and obtaining mm. data and different different things like that. I, there are some other other line items that probably should be included, but again, just being conservative, about three thousand dollars. So total cost of revenue of about eleven thousand five hundred. If you run that through all the way to the bottom line, they have no net income. <laughs> so, for the, okay. so for the fleet operator. Receiving 70% of the revenue is not enough. It's not enough. But the reason is that we didn't include any base fares. And a lot of trips will be short. So I think it's important to assume that there will be some minimum cost just to get in a robotaxi, even to drive a mile. And the next screen, we start to explore that. So well, let, here, let me make a comment here, first of all. So this, first of all, I think you said that all of the numbers you're 
calculating our two revenues, right, for Tesla, which is just the cost of FSD and then the per mile. But there might be other revenue, right? Like, could there not be entertainment? Absolutely. I didn't even try to uh, well, attempt yeah. to model that, but absolutely, that that will be advertisement. Another yeah. revenue item, definitely. Like, what if the fleet owner gets all of the advertisements? I mean, if all you did was, you know, bus ad, like the bus ads, uh, you would have that inside the car or something like that. Um, mm -hmm. yeah. Okay. Yeah, that might be another revenue uh, opportunity that the fleet operator and Tesla share in some way. Okay. All right. Yeah. So including then an assumption for base mm -hmm. fare per trip of $2.50 just to get in the car. And if it's four people that get in the car, that's still the cost. It's not per person. So again, all the assumptions are the same except that $2.50. And if we run that through, the FSD and robo-taxi revenue now go to $34,000. And you can see that the net income to Tesla on the green line is about five and a half thousand and a net margin of about 16%. And then following over to uh, the following screen for the fleet operator, now suddenly their economics have dramatically improved. They've gone mm -hmm. from making no money okay. to having a net margin of about 32% or making $7,000 per vehicle. Per, per vehicle, per year. Per year that's huge so just that 250 per drive and what's yes. the how, how far do was the average uh what's the local miles that most people the assumption was 10 10 miles per per ride mm -hmm. and 16 uh trips per day per vehicle okay and that's what so um, still, uber still pretty what low. does uber charge you said 30 cents here what would what would uber's current be uh i'm not uh, completely familiar with Uber's rates, but I know that they're a lot higher than this. Uh, yeah, you're probably looking at a dollar or two per mile, perhaps yeah. more in some cases. Yeah. yeah. Obviously, they went through significant uh, incentives, and that's why they've been out of bit, not making any money for 12 plus years, and only just last year started to make money. <clears throat> mm -hmm. um, in this case, now, wow, that seven grand a year is huge for the robo taxi fleet owner if it's all just 250 why wouldn't you do a 250 flat fee plus per mile 30 cents per mile that doesn't seem terribly onerous. right and i think it's it's highly unlikely that it's 250 flat across the board i think there are a number of factors that might go into that so that might be an average or or mm -hmm. some very different number but it might be based on demand if demand is high then that base fare may go up yeah. Um, and, and so on. There's a whole num different number of factors. But what this brings to light for me is that now it's tilted in the fleet operators side versus Tesla. Tesla's net margin here was 16% and the fleet operators is now 32. Mm -hmm. So now I ask the question, so where should FSD pricing be to bring mm -hmm. the net margin of both parties in line? Okay. And so exploring that in, on this slide, uh, move the FSD monthly subscription cost up to five hundred dollars a month. Yeah, and we've heard Elon say that this two hundred per month and this fifteen thousand; those are now it's going to go up because if if solve robo taxi, it's going to be a higher price. It's very likely. That's right, and we just saw this here through the model. Why? The, if if the fleet operators are making more money than Tesla, then it tells me that Tesla is adding more value 
and Tesla probably should take their, their share of that. Mm -hmm. And so if I bump up the FSD revenue to $500 a month, Tesla's revenue now per vehicle per year <laughs> is $38,000. No, there's nothing wrong. No way. <laughs> right. And that's the only assumption that I've changed here. Holy cow. <laughs> right. Okay. And yeah, that, if you follow that through to the, to the next slide, yeah, you'll see now that room. the, yeah. the net margin now is 20% and the net income is close to $8,000 per vehicle per mm -hmm. year. Mm -hmm. Applying that valuation multiple of 30, again, you can use whatever number you're comfortable with, but for the illustration, illustrative purposes here, 30 gives you a value to Tesla in terms of increasing the value of, of a company, uh, $236,000 per robo-taxi vehicle on the road. And if they have a million robo-taxis, that's $236 billion of market capital. That's right. That's right. And then finally, how does this look for the fleet operator? Well, mm -hmm. interesting, their net margin is about 20% as well. So we finally found an equilibrium yes. where both yeah. parties are making a similar margin. Tesla is yeah. making more money, but they're making a similar profit margin. Gotcha. So oh where, that, where that comes out and the final balance obviously remains to be seen. But at least for me, I, I think we can see the levers that are at play. Um, Tesla will have to do a lot to seed the network, to create the network in different cities and different areas. And so there may be some other costs initially. And I think the fair price will be quite a bit higher than 30 cents initially as well. Agreed. And now Elon was interviewed by uh, Tesla owner Silicon Valley about a year ago now, I think. And he was asked about the fleet managers and he's called them, you know, we're very likely going to need fleet managers or like uh, shepherds, he called them, you know, somebody to manage um, the fleet, like you said, washing the cars and so forth. So he needs to motivate not only car owners like me, but also the fleet managers to, to get on board, spread the network, just like Uber did, where they really motivated the drivers significantly at the beginning, not making as much profit. Um, and so that's very likely, right? They want to make sure that the fleet managers make money. I'm glad that you did this because I don't know of anyone else who's ever done the both both sides of it. Not only what Tesla will make, but also what the economics look like for the fleet manager. And so I like what you did there. The the other thing too, Herbert, that's interesting that this this brings to light is if you look at the cost of revenue here for the fleet manager, the fleet owner, mm -hmm. a big chunk of the expenses will be the charging cost. Right. So fleet operators are going to be highly incentivized to find the lowest cost ways of charging the vehicles. Right. Setting and a so the supercharger. <laughs> well, whatever, or solar or whatever it is. Um, right. Kind of like how Bitcoin miners are incentivized yes. to find the lowest cost of energy. Successful fleet operators will be under the same sort of competitive yes. pressure to do that as well. But if you do manage and get uh, mega packs and solar, then doesn't that like completely erase your cost? <laughs> Not it, mean completely it, erase, but significantly, right? Massive. There's certainly significant capital costs, but yes, maybe over time the the actual cost to charge. I assumed uh, fifteen cents per kilowatt hour, and maybe that yeah. ends up being way too high for many fleet operators. Gotcha. It's certainly it's certainly a scale business, and I think that a lot of individuals may choose to 
allow their car to be available to a fleet operator and they will get a cut yeah. of the fleet operator's revenue. For sure. I, <laughs> that's going to be a killer. Um, so tell me more about on the, on the Tesla side of it. So let's go back to that. And, um, mm -hmm. on the Tesla side of it, you, we already kind of hinted at the, that this would not take it. This is just those two revenue line items, which is strict FSD and strict, uh, subscription, um, or per mile costs. What are the other ways that Tesla could make money? I've seen you say that maybe the insurance, supercharger, service. Um, yeah, what are the ways that they could make money on, on RoboTaxi? Well, I think the entertainment side of things, I think, is an interesting one to explore. Um, once RoboTaxis are in operation, the vehicle becomes kind of a mobile iPhone. Um, and so, you know, is there an app store is, you know, what, what kind of advertising opportunities are available at that point as well. And with the numbers of robo taxis that could be rolling around the world one day, uh, that could be a fairly significant source of revenue for them. Yeah. I mean, if I don't have to drive and I've even facing the, the, you know, the screen all the time in the car. That's right. Uh, I don't know if I'm there for an hour, I'm watching a movie, that's significant. And then I think with the app store, I've been playing around with this idea, like what kinds of apps could there be? But there could be like McDonald's would pay Tesla and the car would, you know, <laughs> drive you to McDonald's, do the transaction, mm -hmm. uh, advertise to the people who you're near, like this local, whatever the local area is. And they can say, yeah, do you want to go here? Because <laughs> we could take a quick five minute detour if you wanted to and buy this. And then, you know, I don't know. It's interesting. Uh, like there could be all sorts of, because it's RoboTaxi, you don't need to, you know, the car can take you there and maybe even conduct a transaction. Yeah, I, I think there'll be a lot of sort of location-based opportunities. Uh, yeah. The passengers in the car may say, we're hungry. And the car <laughs> could give you some ideas about where to go. And I suppose... And then they bid. They bid, right, yeah. Right, potentially, absolutely. The restaurants are bidding for, for that traffic. Absolutely. There could be some opportunities like that. Yeah. Okay. Yep. And then, and then you thought that, uh, the, 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 um, and then the other thing you just mentioned, which I never even thought about is that the fleet managers are likely going to maybe get superchargers, maybe get the solar. They might set up a supercharging network. They likely will. One of the things about Tesla semi that I've been exploring as I interviewed folks is that is mm -hmm. when you sell semi to Pepsi or other major corporations, it's not a, um, how many tr trucks are you going to buy? It's how many trucks are you going to buy? How many superchargers, mega pack, mega packs, how many solar are you going to want us to install? Because they're going mm -hmm. to want to charge these um, regularly every night. And like you said, lower cost. So very similar with the, the fleet managers. I hadn't really thought about that. But so you see these fleet managers, not it's going to be at scale. It's not going to be these onesie, twosie people. I'm going to get a cut by just renting it out. But the fleet manager will make most of the money. Do you think, have you t done that analysis? Like how much will I make as a consumer? I I haven't yet. That's another avenue to explore. Um, I, I think I need to do a little bit more work on what it looks like for the fleet operators. Um, I've done this initial modeling, but certainly there are some other expenses. Um, you know, there are insurance costs and I've sort of built that in, into the other operating costs at this point, but there's a number of things I think that are worth exploring perhaps in more detail. But one thing that I'm pretty certain about is the fleet operators the ones that can achieve scale 
we'll do we'll do the best. Uh, just just like yeah. today, you know, when when rental cars first became a thing, there were probably thousands of rental car operators, and over time, scale mattered in that business. Mm -hmm. And I think it'll be similar for this as well. Well, I mean, if Uber and Lyft have proven in the ride hill business um, that they're now making money, although it took them decades to get here, mm -hmm. um, but they, they have the cost of gas, well, the operator, the driver has to pay the cost of gas, and then they have the cost of insurance, they have the cost of maintenance, and then there's, that's a driver. And then Uber themselves, they had, um, they said, you know, you have, the, you have to pay the driver and you have to pay the gas without mm -hmm. those two needing to be done it must be profitable i mean that's just the thinking what is there any mm -hmm. additional expenses that i haven't thought about compared to uber because you're doing an ev and you're doing global taxi i don't think so right yeah i haven't thought that deeply about it yet herbert um there may be some additional things but i think there are definitely some cost savings that are pretty large uh, not having a human in the car is a huge one and then the advertisement um, it, and all that yeah yeah it allows the car to be utilized that much more and, and so on. So there's, there's a number of tremendous benefits there. Yep. Okay. Well, you got lots of work to do. <laughs> you did a tremendous amount of work. I <laughs> want you to work out for me. The next step is how much would the advertising and entertainment be? I'm just very curious because I mean, you know, it's like Netflix, but people say, oh, but really, I mean, if there's only a million cars, how many minutes do people spend in the cars? Is that enough to make money? You know? Um, is that enough people or do you need like 20, 30 million people and in cars for you to actually start, you know, actually have a entertainment, um, you know, revenue. I, I, yeah. There's that. And also depends on the, the length of the trip. If the trip is short, then you can't watch much more than TikTok videos. Yeah. If the trip is longer then you can watch a Netflix movie. So there's different, different aspects to it. Which of the um, uh, assumptions that you've made do you think is the most critical? And which ones do you think that, you know, you would pose to the audience here of what they think uh, they should tweak? Yeah, I think it's a blend of the cost per mile, the base fare, and the FSD cost. I think those are the three variables that interplay. And I think you can construct any number of scenarios around those. Um, of course, your assumptions about the the usage of the car is key as well, and I think I've been reasonably conservative conservative with that. Um, the vehicle on any given day is you know twenty eight percent of the time is producing revenue, so the rest of the time is just downtime, or traveling between revenue producing trips. Um, you know, because when a robo taxi drops off a passenger, it's not potentially not. Picking, immediately picking up another passenger, um, unless it's making a run to to an airport or something. So there's a lot of downtime, and I think your assumptions about that and how the car can be utilized in any given day um, make a big difference. Um, yeah, I think I think those are, those are the key variables. Okay. And I saw here that you said that based on today's fleet size, the annual potential FSD revenue is 11 billion. Is that assuming 100% of cars will now buy FSD or what percentage of cars will buy? Yeah, just based on the number of cars that are in the fleet today, um, about four and a half million or 4.4 million. If all of them bought FSD? If, if all of them did. And again, that's I'm not making a prediction. I'm not saying that they should, but yeah. certainly from an economic perspective, 
Yeah. Um, if they are FSD ready, and not all of them are, um, there's a real economic incentive to do so. Because now people What's your can guess? turn. Um, I would say... it's going to happen over time. It's going to happen over time. I think part of it is there may be people in certain markets that want to, but yet the robo taxi yeah. network isn't fully formed yet. And they can't really, you know, they can't make much money because the network hasn't been built out. Yeah. And there, there may be other markets that where the robo taxi network is flourishing. Um, and people then start to hear about how much money they can make by putting their car in a fleet. Um, and many people will probably purchase vehicles for that very purpose. Yeah. All right. And then the other numbers you said is that uh, based on today's fleet size, $31 billion annual potential revenue, FSD plus autonomy. And then by 2035, $895 billion annual revenue. Again, these are probably the optimistic numbers or based on what we just said. Yeah. Yeah, goes right. I wanted to get away from putting a time frame on much of this and just look at this on a per vehicle basis and then allow people to apply their own assumption for how many vehicles might be in a fleet at any given point in time. Yeah. I don't know when this is going to happen, but I'm pretty confident that it is going to happen. You know, is it two weeks? Is it two years? Is it longer? That remains to be seen. No, absolutely. Yeah, I think I think everybody's minds have changed in just the last month, realizing now with FSD version twelve is almost one hundred percent end to end neural network. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's no longer coded uh, individual uh, edge case. And then two, um, that the, you know, they're saying now that it's all compute constrained, and they've just launched another ten thousand Nvidia clusters. All that is going to accelerate everything, and so your analysis is very timely because people are going to believe it now. This is not just pie in the sky. If you had like Ark Invest, they were showing these numbers what five years ago, and people are like, yeah, whatever, mm -hmm. and they 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 discounted. But now, this could actually be real. <laughs> Yeah, I think we truly are on the cusp of beginning to see a robotaxi network in operation. And certainly other companies now have uh, autonomous vehicles operating in different cities with very different approaches. And so people are starting to realize that this is happening. Awesome. Wonderful. So that's the CERN model. I love that you called it that. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me again what the uh, CERN stands for. Well, CERN is my name. And so yes. I was just uh, having some fun with the name of the model. Um, I suppose instead of conceived, uh, I could have called it conceited uh, <laughs> estimate of RoboTaxi, but I, I settled on that. So I was having some fun well, with that one. Um, estimate of RoboTaxi network. Yeah. Yep. Bots it's the next model that, that sort of blew me away when I started working on the bots model. Okay, let's do that. So bots model stands for Alnus Optimus uh, Transformation at Scale. You're great with naming. I love it. <laughs> okay. Yep. Show me your thinking there. Um, that bots model. This is fantastic. Okay. Let's do this. So this one is actually quite a bit different than the RoboTaxi model. And a couple of key things are very different. One is I assume that Tesla would not sell bots. Um, and the reason is that they right. want to maintain Agreed. control over what the bots are used for. Um, Tesla does not want to see somebody put together a bot army and Tesla probably doesn't want to see the bots used for various other things. Uh, for example, they might might make, uh, for interesting people standing on the side of the road, holding signs for, you know, for advertising to get attention. I'm guessing that Tesla wouldn't want to see the bots being used for that purpose, at least initially. 
So there's different things like that. Um, and so it, I'm assuming that Tesla leases out the bot. And, and as we'll see in a minute, I'm also assuming that the bots will be heavily, heavily taxed. Uh, and we'll, we'll come to that in a second. But if we take a look at the, the base assumptions for revenue, um, I assume that each bot per month would be rented out at um, $3,600. Now, it sounds like a lot on That's a monthly lot. basis, mm -hmm. but if each bot works 16 hours a day, Mm -hmm. then it costs you $750 per hour. Now, to have a bot in my house doing dishes and folding laundry, maybe not at that price, but in a manufacturing capacity or you know, an assembly line or a fast food restaurant or any number of other applications, this would be a bargain. And the bot can work one, two, or three shifts. So if you consider that, then this actually would be pretty inexpensive. It would be tremendous savings. Exactly. So just using these numbers, a bot, each bot would generate $43,000 a year in revenue for Tesla. Now, yeah, the, seven, the 750 per hour is very reasonable. Just, just looking at that number, that's way lower than the minimum wage. And so that looks right. It's half the minimum wage, which looks right. I, in fact, I would argue that that might actually be conservative. <laughs> so yeah. when you said 3,600, at first I thought, yeah, that's 40,000 a year. That's a lot. But then when you break it down, because like you said, 16 hours a day, how many hours per week? And it's only 750. There you go. That makes sense. Yeah, and again, I'm not suggesting that this is the price for all the bots. Some of them may be less, some of them may be more. This is kind of an average price. Right. So maybe for certain applications at scale, Tesla leases them out for less. And other applications at scale, Tesla leases them out for more. So anything that involves risk to the bot, wear and tear, uh, exposure to chemicals or other hazardous materials, Tesla will charge more for that. What do you right. think about the skills marketplace? Have you heard of that? <laughs> no, I have not. Skills marketplace is this concept of uh, you buy the bot, you lease it on a monthly basis, but based on skill, you have to buy it. So if you want it to wash your dishes, okay, they'll charge you 20 bucks. You can get that skill. But then if you want it to weld a, you know, something, they're going to charge you a thousand bucks a month, whatever, you know, like a certain skill they can charge extra for. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's possible. For me, it's more of what's the risk? What's the, the wear and tear and the damage potential for the bot? Right. And I think that maybe more drives the revenue more, perhaps. Um, although, who knows? I mean, as you'll see, there's, there's enough profit in, in bots that Tesla doesn't have to you know, maximize every opportunity. Um, okay. Well, let, let's, let's pause there for a second. I mean, 750 revenue per hour per bot sounds very low. But $43,000 per bot per year, that's amazing. That is per year. That's not just, you know, like you sold one car for 50 grand. This is $43,000 per year on a leased basis. <laughs> that's right. And with bots, you don't have to uh, make, you know, 401k contributions. You don't have to pay for the health care. There's a lot of savings for potential users okay, of bots. Point. Yeah, that's right. a good point. I mean, if I thought about the whole whole cost of a, an employee, it's well more than forty three thousand. Even the most basic, uh, you know, minimum wage employee, because of all the things you just said. Right, and they're not working sixteen hours a day. It would, 
you know, probably cost you a couple of employees to, to get there. And 16 hours a day, by the way, I think is probably conservative. Uh, that's, yes. that's eight hours of downtime. And probably that's not the case. Probably the bot will be going for probably at least 20 hours a day. Exactly. More. Especially now with the new wireless purchase of that wireless company that they bought, where the bot can be continuously charged by standing on a mat. Yes. Yep. So if we look at the cost of the bots, um, I'm assuming it costs fifteen thousand uh, dollars to make it, which I think is pretty conservative. I've seen numbers much Very lower high. than that. Yep. Yes. Most people are saying ten grand or less, especially at scale, especially with Tesla making factories, and especially if bots make bots. <laughs> mm -hmm. That's right. People are thinking uh, their calculation of the actuators and the actual cost of it. Um, the people I've interviewed said less than 10. So this mm -hmm. is good. 15. Okay. Yeah. And if the average bot lasts about 10 years, so the capital cost per year is about $1,500. And I'm assuming annual maintenance costs on a per bot basis of 12.5% of the original cost. So that's another uh, $1,875 a year of maintenance cost. Um, and again, that's every year for 10 years, right? So mm -hmm. it's a, a good, a good chunk of money over the 10 year life of the bot. And then just other costs of another 10%. So total cost of revenue per bot is about $7,700 a year. And that makes the gross profit at about $35,500, 82% profit margins on a bot, gross margins. So before um, anybody gets up in arms about, you know, Tesla's making too much money on these, if you turn <laughs> to the next image, I think it's important to consider uh, taxes. And I'm introducing something here, I think, that will ultimately become pretty important. Yeah. Um, I'm not suggesting this is my idea. Plenty of people have talked about this, but I think the, the robot will need to pay a significant amount of tax particularly if it displaces human workers. Mm -hmm. And I assumed a, a robot tax rate uh, of 33%. Wow. Yep. So that's good. Between, between this and the corporate tax rate, the government actually would make more money per bot than Tesla would. <laughs> so, so Tesla's right. net income, yeah, Tesla's net income is 12,600. The robot tax generates fourteen thousand, and then another three and a half thousand dollars in income tax, corporate income tax. So, the government is making more money. So, the government should be, under this scenario, the set of assumptions, very excited to see bots. And I think what will happen is various governments around the world are going to compete heavily to entice Tesla to make, build, and operate bots in their countries, in their states, etc. Uh, because the revenue potential under an assumption like this is pretty enormous. So the robot tax is 14000 per bot, which they could, if you got one bot per citizen, that could be enough to pay for the displacement of that citizen. That's right. So just following yeah. through the, the model to compare this to the, um, the, the robo-taxi, uh, with a net income of 12,700 per bot, applying a 30 multiple to that, you're getting a value to Tesla for each bot produced of $380,000. And again, I think using pretty conservative assumptions with a hefty tax rate that's been applied to this. Initially, I don't think there'll be much taxes 
at all. But over time, as more workers are displaced, I think that governments around the world will start taxing robots if they aren't already. Uh, the rate remains to be seen, but of course, like any tax jurisdiction, there's competition. And so Tesla will go to those places where they're treated the best. I'm glad that you put it in, first of all, versus not putting it in. That would be irresponsible. <clears throat> but If I didn't put it in, these numbers are absolutely crazy. <laughs> You're just trying not to be so psycho crazy, yeah. Yeah, I've and never that's... seen a business with a 60% profit margin, and that's the net margin, and that's what it would be, something around that, that line, that, that range. Um, and, that, yeah. that did feel unlikely. And I, th I think Tesla would freely admit, I, again, I'm not speaking for Tesla to represent Tesla, but I would imagine that they would welcome an opportunity to contribute yeah. in this way. And then I, again, a lot more work to be done to try to figure out the average, um, you know, which jobs would be replaced. What are their costs currently today with employees? What is the cost for the bot to do to learn that skill and uh, like you said repair issues um, mm -hmm. but if you assume that the bot can do a lot of menial uh, physical work that's that's uh, I think at the end of the day it makes just too many of those jobs that it can do it's just too the bots are too intelligent they can do almost everything at this point from what I've seen <clears throat> it's only going to get better um, anything that's repetitive anything that requires lifting and moving and, mm -hmm. and even, even beyond that, eventually they'll be able to do very complex tasks. Um, so I did, uh, I did a video with Scott Walter and we were, I showed the video of, um, they had um, this news, news organization in China went through Giga Shanghai and they went through the whole factory and they, you know, they had the video of what's happening real time. And you're seeing all these big bots making the cars, but you also see the humans doing these mm -hmm. activities. And Scott kept saying, see that one, see that one, see that one. All of those jobs that those humans are doing can be replaced by the bot. And that's if right. and Tesla did it for themselves and right. they don't have to, like the savings for themselves is four times per employee is what Scott calculated. And so even if they don't sell it to anybody else, they can like take the first 10,000, 10, 100,000 bots and use it for themselves. Mm -hmm. And the, the valuation of Tesla will skyrocket because, again, the margins will go up, everything. Scott and I have actually done some work together on that and modeling uh, what that might look like for Tesla in terms of the cost savings. Okay. Yep. So this is everything you've shared here has been vetted by Scott or he, he also spent some time thinking about this. Yeah, I've shared this with him. I wouldn't say it's been vetted by Scott, but he and I have had some discussions about, about this. Yeah. Okay. Um. And then at, at the bottom of this of this image, yeah. um, you know, at different I'm calling them bot flocks at different <laughs> size of the flock, um, it is possible to have a lot more bots in the world than robo taxis. Yes. Um, and so it's conceivable that you could have a billion or more bots ultimately. And this is where Elon has been quoted, and I'm paraphrasing him here. You know, what what is an economy if you have unlimited labor? Um, and so at a billion, that's a $380 trillion value to Tesla. Again, a nutty, nutty number that no one would dare talk about. And again, this is not a prediction, but it flows through this, this model at, at scale. We're looking at a number like that.
380 now, trillion. <clears throat> yeah. Now, would anybody apply a 30 valuation multiple? Perhaps not. But even so, apply whatever multiple you want, and you'll still get a pretty nutty number. And and this is 1 billion bots because uh, Elon has said, or as he thought it through, that um, very likely there's going to be one bot per human. So we've got 8 billion humans. <clears throat> Maybe there's 5 billion bots. Maybe, he said, there might even be two bots per human at some point in the future. Yeah, well, you can add another zero on, on the end of the last line there then if, if that's the case. <laughs> More than another zero because that's... Yeah. Uh, well, okay, so 1 million bots is what you started off with, which is very doable. As we know, this is not like cars. They could produce these bots once they figured out and they could produce these in scale. Right now, they could make... Uh, we're, we're estimating 1.8 million cars per year, right? So yeah, Tesla's to... run rate, let's say at the end of the year, producing 2 million vehicles yep. a year. Uh, it's taken them 20 or so years to get there. It won't take 20 years for Tesla to have a run rate of 2 million bots per year. Yeah, 10,000 parts per car is very complicated. Um, mm -hmm. A bot can be done. So making a million bots seems to me that once they've got the design all figured out and everything like that should be done within like literally two years from now, maybe or something like that. I don't know. Like it could be very fast. Yeah. Again, I, I hesitate to put timeframes around these things, but it is in my mind inevitable that one day there will be a large fleets of bots. Um, how large I, I leave up, up to anybody that wants to look at this, but just showing the potential at scale for what it could be. At scale, what do you mean by at scale? Is that a million? Probably, um, certainly ten million is definitely at scale. Um, Why does it have to be at scale for this well, one? Well, I can get the robo taxi because it's a network. Yeah. Um, well, this one I think I've been pretty conservative in terms of my cost assumptions, but at scale you get the benefit of operating leverage, and so you know if the cost per bot you know, may, may seem low, but at scale, you're looking at a very large dollar number in total. Um, I think though, with this bot model, I've been pretty conservative in, in those assumptions. So the scale yeah. probably for bots is probably fairly reasonable. Yeah. Um, I don't it know. It doesn't require a billion dollars. Yeah. yeah. I don't think you need to be at scale for bots. I mean, like we've heard um, Tom Drew say at the investors presentation or maybe the shareholders presentation where he said that giga mexico he expects to have five thousand bots mm -hmm. and so even if the cost is double what you estimate like you said the margins are so crazy anyways that mm -hmm. the cost doesn't matter and when you when you factor in a subscription model it's like uh one thing i've learned recently you know how we all thought that robo taxi and we all kept saying, well, these LiDAR-based companies, how can they do this? Because it costs so much to outfit a car with LiDAR. The LiDAR part actually doesn't make a difference because mm -hmm. the extra cost of the car to outfit with LiDAR, because it's a subscription revenue over years, it gets, it gets spread out. And so right. it's actually not that big of a deal. In the same way with this one, you know, you can have four times the cost of building a bot but that's just one year of prescription for revenue and the rest is all mm -hmm. profit at that point. You know, it's like it almost. Anyways. So, yeah. I think, 
I think where a cost matter is where you get a competitive market. So if we assume that Tesla is not the only right. provider of humanoid robots at some point. Now that's an item up for debate, just like the Robotaxi is up for debate. Will, will there be any material competition? Um, there's different approaches and maybe those approaches work in various geofenced areas, um, but they don't work generally. And so yeah, the same thing with the bots, right? Can you mm -hmm. put a bot anywhere in the world and have it work? But will other companies, and we've seen this already, will other companies train bots for specific tasks in a, in a, in a manufacturing line? And in, that, in some sense, that could compete against Tesla. Mm -hmm. And so their costs are going to matter. Right. Yeah, to that part, I agree with you. I think that um, there's going to be lots of competitors. <clears throat> so I just reported recently that uh, Google DeepMind had a paper that they produced, that they wrote and published just uh, literally a month ago, <clears throat> <Excuse me. clears throat> where they took their version of ChatGPT and they were able to teach this bot to make do all sorts of activities. And it was emergent behavior. And so, mm -hmm. you know, put this, put this uh, banana in the bowl where all the bananas belong or put this banana on top of Miley Cyrus and it's a picture of Miley Cyrus and it figured it out. Like it didn't need to, you know, be taught specifically what to do. Mm -hmm. So there's going to be lots of competitors. And so then it becomes at scale who can produce the most bots as fast right. as possible so that you can win the most business as fast as possible. And as we know, Tesla is very focused on when they design something, they think about how to manufacture it at the same time. And clearly we've seen with other companies that has not been a consideration for them as they build products. Um, okay. So yeah, the at scale part does matter if it's um, mm -hmm. competitive organization. Show me about yep. this, finish off your slides here for me. Yeah, again, this is just the visual of the bots model uh, at, at various numbers of bots, uh, what that potential um, value is for Tesla, um, given, given the various assumptions. On the left column, that is ten thousand, or is that is that thousands? Is that ten million, or is that ten thousand? Um, those are dollars and billions. So the very top number is uh, forty trillion on the top. Yeah, left, no, I see that part. The What's the on the left column though? Forty thousand. What's that? Uh, that's that's the, again the value in in billion. That's billions of dollars. So that's that's forty trillion dollars. So the 40,000 oh, represents okay. 40 trillion. So the left dollars. is them and the right. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm misreading this. So the bottom is the number of bots. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. Okay. Gotcha. So at the far right side, that column of 100 million, at 100 million bots, the bots valuation for Tesla is 38 trillion. 38 trillion. <laughs> and that's not, you know, we're not, we're not at a billion yet. Um, Add gotcha. another zero, you get to a billion bots. That's three hundred and eighty trillion. Um, it gets absolutely nutty. Again, you know, the, Tesla's market share here may not be as big as 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 we think it could be. But what's the number of bots? What's the potential for the number of bots in the world? If it is something like ten billion or more, it's conceivable that Tesla has a billion bots in the world. Well, so point. yeah, the, the way, I guess the, the, as I think about it, so who else can manufacture bots at scale? 
and there's going to be some companies that can do it, but I think the competitor to Tesla will be, you know, the conglomeration of hundreds of factories against Tesla building these factories to produce this. Mm-hmm. And I think the one benefit that Tesla might have would be the, you know, when one bot learns one thing, everybody learns it. So that network matters in that case. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I bet it's going to end up much like Apple versus Android, where Android is a splintering of fragmentation of all these different companies all adopting the Android software. And then you've got one, which is both hardware and software. I think that's possible, although I think we may be looking at an entirely new paradigm. Uh, we're, we're talking about real-world AI, and is there room for, you know, two players in that kind of world? Is, is anybody else doing real-world AI like Tesla is with autonomous vehicles and bots? If they are, then it could be a two, three, four-horse race. If they're not, then their applications are going to be limited and it's going to be, they're going to be playing in, in different markets potentially or only competing against Tesla in the markets that they have been focused on and trained their bots for. And so I don't know that we know yet what r- the real world AI paradigm looks like for companies. It, this is a brand new thing. Is it winner take all? It sure seems like it. I don't think so. Um and just because both Google DeepMind and OpenAI have shown that you can take large language models and apply video training, mm-hmm. and then they're able to be intelligent with emergent behavior to reason just by looking at video. And so, right. and, and but then Scott and others are explaining to me that it's one thing to have the intelligence, the other thing to actually have the physical manifestation of the bot grabbing mm-hmm. something and knowing the feel of it and knowing how to grab it. Those things you need to teach, but I am mm-hmm. not necessarily hundred percent convinced as I used to be that, that you said vision of real world AI is what's uh, is, is going to just make it that no one else can do this. Right. And whether or not, yeah. like you said, it's going to be restricted to specific tasks that they could do. But I think at the end of the day, it's going to be who can produce the most bots as fast as they can. That's going to win the yeah, I, th- I think it's those two components. So it's, it's who is willing to invest the, the billions of dollars necessary in the compute, right, to, to make this work. And so far on autonomous vehicles, we haven't seen anybody else right. making Agreed the investment that. that Tesla is. Yeah. So they have to also make a similar investment probably in the bots world. Now, Tesla can take what they're doing with their vehicles and apply some of that to the bots. Certainly the approach is the same. So is anybody else going to step up to the plate and compete with Tesla in the training efforts and the cost and the billions of dollars it takes to get there? Um, if they do, then yes, it can become two horse, three horse race. If they don't, then I think, how is anybody going to compete against, against this effort? Yeah. I, I, so- as, as a consumer, I hope there is competition. I think that's a healthy thing. Right. I hope that other people do step up to the plate and make those investments. Whether that's, you know, who, who knows, any number of companies could do it. Or as you said, a, a conglomerate of, of companies come together and work on this together. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, that, that, that brings about its own challenges. Yes. Right. Okay. So let's finish off the slides here. You've got this one and then you got the final, the compares the two models together. So show me, tell me what this is about. Yeah, this this one just shows um, for the for the renter of the bot, 
uh, the top mm -hmm. part of the of the table here shows the annual rental cost forty three thousand two hundred, and then how much it would cost to charge it per year, uh, mm -hmm. assuming it works sixteen hours a day, and I just assume it charges twice a day. So the daily cost is a dollar twenty. Uh, annual charging costs four hundred and thirty eight dollars. So the charging component is pretty minimal. It's much bigger for the robo taxi. Gotcha. Uh, business, but you already you already assumed that it was going to be all leased, which I absolutely love your reasoning why it's only going to be Tesla will lease it. They won't be selling this. I agree. I mean, this doesn't make sense that they will sell this ever. Yeah, I think if they do, they run the risk of people using the bots in ways right. that they don't want, yeah. whether it's military reasons or other reasons, other crazy reasons. People people dropping bots off of bridges just to watch them smash or whatever whatever it is. I don't think that Tesla would want to see that. And so I think they want to maintain probably more control over the use right. of the bot and be able to repossess them at any time should they see some activity that they, they don't want to see. Yeah. Um, the bottom part of this this uh, spreadsheet here shows the benefit to, to, to governments. Yeah. So the robot tax receipts at a million bots, you're looking at $14 billion. Um, at a billion bots, you're looking at $14 trillion of tax receipts. <laughs> and if you add in the corporate income tax from what Tesla makes in profits, it's you know more like $17 trillion. So the opportunity for tax revenue is sizable as well. And that, that shouldn't be lost in this discussion. That's an important part of this. Absolutely. Um, there will be a lot of people that will lose their jobs. And I think that the governments are going to need to find ways to replace the tax revenue from, from lost, uh, lost taxes and lost wages and also help those people perhaps retrain themselves and so on. So there'll be a tremendous need for additional tax revenue. Do you think Tesla themselves would take it on to compensate some of the lost revenue, the lost jobs? <clears throat> Cause you know, Elon keeps talking about, you know, the job, if you can create all these bots that create all these products, and he said an economy is really the products and services. If you can make these mm -hmm. products and services so much cheaper because bots are creating them, you know, the price of grapes would dramatically fall because you had bots pick the grapes or process them, package and deliver yep. them. Is that enough that the consumers benefit from reduced prices of products and services? Or do you think that Tesla might do some sort of, you know, I'll lease you the at least the bots, but then I will, you know, take on some of the social social coverage of lost revenue, lost income. Yeah, there's certainly a good argument to be made that potentially the prices of a whole bunch of things come down, and so people don't need to make as much money to afford these items anymore. That is true, but if you still have people working and making money, then that income disparity becomes even bigger than it is today potentially. Now, you know, obviously this is, things will change dramatically with, with this, with bots and with AI, uh, white collar and blue collar jobs are just as much at risk. So it might, it may well be that with the advancements in AI, that actually the biggest impact is felt at, at higher income, white collar jobs, traditional white collar work. Um, and it may take a lot longer for bots to replace some of the more difficult blue, blue collar jobs. Um, and that, that remains to be seen. And, you know, there are some, you know, if I think about Tesla building a new factory in Mexico to build the next generation vehicle, 
they're not displacing workers if they put bots in the factory because there's no one working in the factory yet. So it's hard to measure necessarily how many jobs have been lost. And there's certainly a lot of companies uh, today, Amazon, for example, my understanding is they're the largest user of industrial robots of any company. How many workers have lost their jobs because of that? So it's a hard thing to measure. And so I think that I, I hope that companies will have a dialogue with governments around, you know, we clearly are going to need to replace some lost income tax revenue. Uh, another tax revenue. Um, so you know, it's 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 a it's definitely a fluid situation that's going to take years to to come to some some level that that makes sense, and it's going to be different for every tax jurisdiction in the world. Some some countries, I think, will want to be very aggressive and offer low offer low taxes on on robots to develop that market. And other places may find it more difficult to do so because of the potential lost jobs. I think it's too difficult to, to sit here today and, and say how that's going to pan out, but it's, it's going to be very interesting to watch that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> AI is replacing white collar jobs. Bots are doing this. Uh, at the end of the day, most usually uh, technological advances for uh, productivity generates more jobs. I'm not yeah. sure this is going to be the case with this situation because uh, this is a little different than in the past. Um, it is, but it is, and and I think if if in aggregate we as a human race on the planet are able to produce more, then living standards should rise for everybody in theory. Yeah. As long yeah. as the profit from all this doesn't just go to a few people. And so that's where I think significant taxes and so on come in to play. But like you said, it's a combination too of probably reducing prices of things as we're able to make them more cheaply. It's 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 all that together. If, and if it's there was just the yeah. if if it was just the AI revolution by itself, I'd be very 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 scared. But because the bots yeah. are coming in as well, I feel like um, I don't like you said I may not need a job. And yet mm -hmm. I'm going to, you know, be okay. Like I may not have to pay for a lot of things. I don't, we'll see how it all translate, but, um, mm. so let's wrap it up with, uh, your combination of these two. This is the bot on the left and the robotoxy on the right. Why did you put these together? Yeah, they're not directly comparable, but they are worth looking at side by side. Both of these businesses are new businesses that we don't yet see in the world. They don't exist. And so what I've tried to do is create models for both of them, have a dialogue, test the models, test the assumptions, look at different scenarios. But looking at the two side by side, it is apparent that the opportunity with bots is an order of magnitude or more bigger than the opportunity with autonomous vehicles. And we're probably on the cusp of autonomous vehicles today, next couple of years, whatever time frame you want to use. And that's great. That's exciting. But there is another massive S curve behind that, that most people, if, if very few people believe or understand mm -hmm. autonomy, 
as Elon said at the outset, right? You understand, but few do. Even less understand the potential for bots. And so I just wanted to shed, start shedding a little bit of light on that opportunity. And again, I'm not suggesting that I have all the answers or that I've modeled this perfectly. I probably have it. Maybe the business model is completely different than this, but the opportunity is there and it's going to be rather large. Well, that was a lot of fun, Saren. Thank you for doing that. I do appreciate um, that you've created these models. You've already said almost every assumption is wrong. Every model is going to be wrong. You try not to forecast. You're trying to just create the model and let the audience come in and tweak numbers, tweak assumptions. And then you brought up what the assumptions were. There's quite a bit of them. So if you guys want to know what they are, you should follow CERN on his Twitter handle, CERN Basher at C-E-R-N-B-A-S-H-E-R. You should check out his website, brilliantadvice.net. Um, he's a financial um, wealth account manager as well. But um, this is great that you put the time and effort to put this in. And what we learned today is um, like you, you already brought up a couple of points that I hadn't really thought about. And I'm glad you did that. And then, of course, there's more. So I'm expecting you to go back and keep adding to this uh, on both the RoboTaxi and the bot. And like you said, both are coming very soon. It's, it's, it's funny how just two years ago, we all thought that these were like five years or 10 years from now. I, I think most people are now realizing that these both these businesses can actually come sooner than we realize. And so you're putting together some framework for us to think about. Um, appreciate you, sir. Thank you for doing this. That was fun. Thank you, Herbert. Yeah, I think we're just scratching the surface here. And as we look back on this a few years from now, I think we'll realize uh, how obvious it was with the mistakes that we made. But um, <laughs> it's, it's certainly very interesting to look forward at, at this stage. Very exciting. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much, sir. Appreciate it. Thanks, everybody. My pleasure. Bye-bye.